are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garman, here with me as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Well, we've got plenty to talk about here today. It might be a little bit of a bridge version because we had to start a little late, but uh, we got Star Ocean's second story R to talk about, Like a Dragon Gaiden, uh, the newest uh, you know Yakuza game with Kiryu, and we got some other games to talk about as well, more Final Fantasy 16 from Mark, and there's going to be a live-action Legend of Zelda movie. Um, some other disappointing news concerning, you know, layoffs, Unity having some really bad news going on, BlizzCon 2023, and a lot more to discuss here. So let's go ahead and get started with that. All right. So, you know, just in case, let's go ahead and get this housekeeping out of the way here. Uh, we do appreciate you listening, whether it's your first time listening or you've listened to us for a while. Uh, you can always either watch live right now around the uh, 12 30 one o'clock ish time on thursday or friday most of the time it's been fridays uh that you can do that on w network youtube channel uh, which if you know you go subscribe and uh, you get to ring the bell and anytime we do a show uh it is there also on the twitch channel w2 network uh facebook we have it facebook as well w2 network and if you subscribe on the youtube channel uh, not only do you get what we do here, we get uh, the other great stuff that's part of the channel, which is uh, supposed to be the Rattlers Broadcasting folks. They will be having that Marvel's review Monday night to Tuesday morning. Uh, so get ready for that. They always kind of keep up with what's going on in movies and TV uh, pretty like steadily. So anything that's come out recently, especially in the, on the movie side, they put us have a review like right after. So want to subscribe for that. Talk to Keiki does the same thing with anime as well. They just did a big attack on Titan, like series kind of wrap up and, and all that since the finale just aired over the, uh, you know, the last weekend, uh, pretty amazing finale. I'd say on myself and well, uh, I think that's uh, pretty much it. As far as the plugs go, let's go ahead. And I uh, probably also should mention that you can also listen to podcasts, as well, so if you're you prefer to listen with your ears still, not watch things, or you're in your car or whatever, you can go find us video games to the max off podcast, and we are there also a little bit later than the YouTube because I have to edit and all that, but it does get out like you know at least within the day. So anyway, let's get on to talking about games we are playing here. Uh, you at you know you had been kind of talking to me, you know, mostly joking about things of Half Fantasy sixteen, but uh, you know, you have gotten farther uh, yep. in the game. Any, I guess, any different thoughts or anything changed since when we uh, talked? I, combat is fine. I find it kind of boring so far because it's just like whittle the whittle the health bar down or the st stagger bar down to zero. Then do all the special attack. Then rinse and repeat. Like there's no. I got the third lightning power, and it's like, mm -hmm. yep, more of the same. I I don't like how that game is structured at all. <laughs> I, I really Why? don't. It, because it's it, just something about rubs me the wrong way. Like the fact that you go through these levels and it's like, oh, it ends with like three or four boss fights, and it's like stagger these a little. And also, like I don't know, I, it, it, the world feels like kind of just empty for some reason. Like maybe because I haven't hit like a big town. I don't know if it actually is a big town or not. Uh, the the mission to sneak into the capital to bust up the first crystal. It's like okay, you're just hanging out, 
in these like fields and like there's one town you kind of get to with the uh madam but you don't do anything there like it might as well just like not, not exist uh, yeah, I mean, the game isn't really about going from town to town, and it's more about, like, just the overarching story and kind of well, understanding the what's going on around those towns. I, yeah. I, I mean, I joked with you, but I really hate the story. Uh, uh, the, the characters are kind of fine, but it's just a Game of Thrones ripoff, and it's like, they should have just made a Game of Thrones game. Like, you're clearly playing Jon Snow, and your mother is, like... It's kind of an inverse because your mother is like the Lena uh, Cersei character, kind of. Yeah. But, you know, your brother is Bran from Game of Thrones. Even like the dog is like your wolfhound from Game of Thrones. It's like, and even said a line, like, uh, I think it was your sister character or, you know, whatever. She's like, oh, what happens if they don't bend the knee? And I almost shut the game off then and there. <laughs> Uh, how so? How far are you? Like, have you fighting uh, yet? And, okay. No, I just met the uncle. So okay, you I, just put the uncle. All right. Yeah, like I, I the the time skipped happened, and that's another thing I kind of don't like. I don't like weird time skips in games. I mean, there's games. only there's only like three time skips, and one of them, and this is like ten years. It's not like you know. Well, there's uh, the first one from like when he was like a young prince to like basically when the game opens up, and then there's like another one after that from like. Uh, after that person dies, let's say, <laughs> yeah, now. and right, and yeah. that's the last one. Then, okay. then you, yeah, yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I keep plugging away at it. Like, I, I find the game really easy. I don't know about you. No, uh, no, it wasn't. It's, and, so the and, game doesn't ever really get hard, even on uh, the part of Final Fantasy mode that I played. It wasn't hard either. I also got yeah. uh, the Berserker Ring. Uh, which like breaks the game entirely. <laughs> I forgot what I think. I'm pretty sure I put that on him. That's like the, the when you do a perfect time. guard thing, like you increase your attack power. Like it's like a little yeah. animation. Mm-hmm. Holy hell! Like yeah, because I have the ring that like guarantees or like you know lets me perform perfect guards. So it's like I'm just doing that constantly, right. and uh, it's okay. You know, I'll uh, be interested to see. I'm pretty sure in that first DLC, they're going to introduce some kind of nightmare difficulty or something like that. Um, because that's, I think, the one thing that is a very... It, it prevents a lot of people that aren't just Final Fantasy fans from either continuing with the game or wanting to pick up the game, because the first thing anybody will tell you is that game's not hard. And then, of course, that makes it kind of boring, because eventually it just kind of becomes... Once you find your... The the fun thing at the beginning is, fi- is getting a mess with all the different... Um, you know, all the different little powers that you get once you get them. But then once you yeah. kind of settle on your main three, you're really not going to change. And then especially then it gets, you know, super kind of monotonous. Uh, the Final Fantasy one makes it to where those like just normal encounters a little bit more beefed up because you get those mini boss characters in there all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it like keeps you on your toes more, but it never gets like, oh, my God, this is excruciatingly difficult. I really got to be thinking about it, you know. Um, there are some of those icon battles do get difficult, you know, towards the end, but yeah, you have to go a long way to get there. You're just kind of in that part where there is a lot of kind of feeling like you're just trudging through and I don't blame you for feeling like that. Once you get to the Titan fight, which is like the next big icon or whatever, it changes a lot more and it becomes a little bit more like the story kind of amps up and the fights kind of get bigger as far as, uh, all that. 
but yeah, I do agree with you. There's a lot of kind of like just sometimes feeling like you're okay. We're just getting through here, getting through here. I played more Remnant 2 at the end. He still loves it. Uh, That's good. Yep. Uh, and I was trying to play Ghost Hunter 2. Uh, I'm, I can see why people like that game, but I'm terrible at it. Like it, It's pretty much like the first game, right? Where you, yeah, I was uh, you're in first kill. person mode trying yep. to run through everything. Yeah, it feels yeah. more like, I hate to say it, it feels more like Mirror's Edge or like more yeah. platforming or more parts. That's exactly I, why I didn't. Because <laughs> yeah. Mar- um, Adam asked me if I wanted to take the code or whatever, and I said no because... I remember playing the first one. I remember playing Mirror's Edge, and it's a cool, very cool concept. Yeah. Um, but if you are not good at it, yeah, like when I die sixty times in the first boss, it's like this. Is yeah, <laughs> it's not really gonna. It's not even like a Dark Souls game where it kind of encourages you to die and get better. Like that game is either you get it or you don't. Yeah. So yeah, I knew it wasn't gonna work for me, and interesting that. Yeah. Kind of the same. I also got, I haven't played him yet. I got to play him before the end of the year, but I got picked up uh, Armored Core 6. Uh, oh, you did? Hogwarts Sweet. and Metal Gear Solid, the collection. Oh, okay. Interested to to hear your thoughts on those. No, I was going to say, I also went to that retro game show uh, last weekend. A lot of fun. How was, how was that? Good. I met, I met a lot of friends or met a lot of acquaintances there that I knew, or, you know, knew on the scene, uh, you know, as it is. Uh, I picked up uh, Persona 2, the limited edition on PSP, Fortified Zone, an old Game Boy game that is not like rare. Well, it's not, it's not expensive, but it's somewhat rare for some reason. It's only 15 bucks, but I barely ever see it in stores. And uh, something you'll like, the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. Sure, you have. I did see your Facebook post when you like. Um, yeah. That Fortified Zone game looked interesting just from the the cover. Yeah, it's like a top down kind of like Metal Gear game on the Game Boy. So hey, you know. Oh, all your new games. How's the Yakuza? The Yakuza, the the like a dragon guy, Dan, man who erased his name, whatever. That's the last time I'm gonna say the the whole title here. Um, that game is it's Yakuza. Uh, so you you said uh, you yeah. like the new battle system, right? Right. You... I did like the new. So basically, um, you know, following what happens at the end of six, and then going into like a dragon. If you're if for some reason the other games are on Game Pass, so I don't know why you would start with this game and have know nothing about the rest of the Like a Dragon series. But just in case you are because it's new and you just happen to see it's there and you decide to play it, it is the shorter version of those games, but it's very much it's the same as those games, at least the ones that Star Kiryu. And he is basically like trying to be incognito, you know, trying to be an agent that even though pretty much everybody from the beginning knows who he is, and it's sort of like a running joke that everybody, nobody's buying his disguise because all he's doing is wearing sunglasses and somehow that's supposed to make him, uh, people aren't going to be able to tell that it's, you know, the dragon of Dojima or whatever. (laughs) And so his new thing that he has with this game is that he has like an agent stand. And so he... Can I'm not ver- that far in the game. I only played like four or five hours because, um, you know, it just came out like last night at, at midnight and I didn't spend all night playing it. So to, to get to the, the point of it, the his main thing that you get to use like right away is like a whip that uh, has like this, you know, blue aura effect on it. And you can use the whip to like throw them into other enemies. So when you start fighting like the 
the gangs of street gangs that are everywhere, um, as you do in, in the Yakuza games. Uh, it's really fun to just hold B. I, I'm playing on, on Xbox through Game Pass. So you hold B, you whip them around, you can whip them into the guys, you can actually whip them back to you, and you can smash them again. Or you can whip them behind you also. So it's like, it's it's just, it's really fun to use. Uh, I love it because it's also like a, a the best way to disarm any character that has a weapon. So like most of those little the Street Fighter guys will have guns or bats or whatever, and then you can pick up the bats and stuff and hit them. The other stuff is mostly the same. So you still have your like overdrive kind of mode. I know that it has a name. I can't think right now. And uh, you can do that and, and make them go into like super awesome you know, heat action, heat mode. And then yeah. you can do those heat actions and stuff like that. Uh, and then they have an X, the, the regular Yakuza mode, which is like the beefier, uh, the hits are hit harder and you can hold down the button and do like these really hard kicks and punches. Uh, those are like for the bosses, basically. Basically it tells you pretty much almost at the beginning, not at the beginning, but you're going to fight like your first like mini boss. And then you're going to fight your first boss like pretty early. And when you fight the first boss character, it shows you how to do the Yakuza mode. And then pretty much you'll figure out that when you start fighting the smaller groups of enemies, you'll use the agent mode. And then when you fight the big bosses, you're going to use the Yakuza mode. Or the, the, how they want you to play. You don't have to play that way. But yeah, it's always like yeah. one, one, one stance is for groups. One is kind of both. And then one is for bosses. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's fun. Like you can uh, the other, I think, I guess, change from there might be some of these games. I know they they change from how they do certain things, but there's no XP in this game, so it's all based on money. That was uh, Yakuza Zero. Okay, so that's probably why they changed it because it was in Yakuza Zero. So basically, it's a lot easier. So if you're coming from the side of playing like like a Dragon Gaiden, or like a Dragon, or you played like Yakuza 0, then you're probably going to be good here. But if you're coming from playing the other games, it's a little bit different. So it's going to be really easy for you to get everything you want yeah. because you get money extremely easy by just beating up tons of the... Like, literally, yep. I'm in the first part of the game. Every As soon as you destroy a pack of enemies, another pack comes up like behind you or literally right where you're standing sometimes almost or whatever. And if you just go back and forth killing them, you're going to get like a hundred thousand. Yeah. So quick. You can literally there, uh, buy everything in that little, the first little store that's there uh, within a minute. There, yeah. So here's a zero had these special enemies called Mr. Shakedown. And these were like special big enemies that would like basically like rob you. Is there anything yeah. like that? Anything like that in this one? Because those guys you could cheese so hard and you could like let's say they stole a hundred thousand from you if you beat them up later on you get like four hundred thousand from them and it's like okay uh i'm just gonna do this over and over because it's infinite money <laughs> yeah i haven't met those yet if they do i'm sure they do have them later i i've just kind of i've i've gotten to where i meet the first like i guess big clan and the big guy you know big main guy first right and then I did that first like big boss battle and the mini boss battle and stuff. And those are fun. Like fighting in this game is fun as mo as is most Yakuza games. Yeah. I, I think if you're pretty much here for all the Yakuza stuff, this is the same thing, just shorter. 
Uh, all the uh, mini game stuff is in here. Uh, I haven't. The only one that I've come across is uh, the mahjong. Yep. Uh, Noah's one. got mahjong in these fucking games, and so no one knows how to play that in America. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or well, like I don't think it's mahjong. It's the their chess. Their like chess Shoji. equivalent. Yeah, that one. Yep. Um. That yeah, was there. Mahjong with Shoji. <laughs> and then like they they pretty much want you to be able to play this game with no issues because. As soon as you start, you have two stores, uh, and then you have a, a burger cart that gets you more health stuff, like almost immediately. And it's just so funny. Like they they don't they 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 are making sure that you have no problems being able to to beat people in this game. So um, yeah. I I do enjoy that. Like you know, I'm sure that there is a harder mode that you can decide to play on uh, if you want. So I mean, there's no. Like oh, okay, you got to play on normal and and whatever. It's not like Final Fantasy 16 where they kind of lock it behind something. Um, so I'm really surprised at this one that they haven't made some kind of update where they unlock Final Fantasy 16 mode to be able to play it at the beginning of that game because because of that. But yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm sure that I will continue to play more um, as time goes goes on. Before especially before we get to doing the the whole end of the year stuff. But yeah, this is this is what I love about these games. I think if, if you let's say you only played like a dragon the the JRPG version, I think you should still give this a shot because not only is this a story between those two that are kind of probably let you learn more about like a dragon. I think you should at least play one of the beat 'em up games just so you know where this kind of whole thing came from. Right. Uh, and I think this is a good introduction to that. There's always judgment, also. Yeah, but that has the detective stuff, I guess, that maybe isn't. Uh, necessarily everybody's bag. I like Judgment. There's Judgment references in here, too. So if you played those games, uh, you'll yeah. get it. So, yeah. it It's fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, another game that I picked up, it's, this is what ba- what's bad about being terminally online, is that uh, you will see other people playing games, and then it gives you FOMO, or especially if it's a game you like, like what happened to me with Star Ocean Second Story R, uh saw a bunch of people that I follow were playing it, mentioning that it's really good. And honestly, the only time I've ever had a Star Ocean game was back on the PS3 with uh Till the End of Time. And literally at that time I was collecting RPGs. Uh so I would go into a GameStop, see an RPG, do research on it. Is it a good game? Okay, I'd buy it. And then a lot of times I wouldn't play it because I had more games than I could play, as as what happens with your backlog. Yeah, I probably played it for like a total of like introduction to the whole series and everything else. So I kind of just went into it blind and then realizing that it's like based off of like a spinoff of uh, the Tales series as well. Like the same yeah, uh, company made it and then they spun off and made Star Ocean. And yeah, I mean, the gameplay is uh, all action based. So if you like, if you like RPGs and kind of heard about this because it literally came out and it's been talked about because this is the best Star Ocean game in the series by most people. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because this is the this was a Super Nintendo game that got remade on the PSP and then they took the PSP version and remade it for this. And then the the cool thing is the graphics obviously it's like uh it feels like 2D sprites on a 3D background with 2D sprites like kind of bouncing off the background which is really neat. I, I love the look of that. It's like an inverse version of the HD 2D. 
Well, that I, took, you get that, I played the demo and I said I didn't like, like the art because the uh, the sprites were like too off-putting to me. Yeah, that's understandable in that way. The cool thing about Star Ocean is that you get like there's 13 different characters in the game. You can only have a party of eight, and also there are certain characters that if you get them, you can't get other characters. So the whole point is to kind of the gameplay is so fast that it sort of pushes you to play it twice so you can get all the characters. And I and I've been enjoying it. Like it's you know uh, the stuff the uh, combat took a little bit used to, uh, and then there's it doesn't take very long for if you don't keep up to to date with your skills and stuff like that, you'll get your butt whooped. Uh, like I went into like the first cave after you get Celine, like the first guest character, and man, I had no idea about like oh I really have to mess with these IC specialty skills and like learn different skills and uh, learn different things for my characters. And then once I started beefing those up, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. But yeah, it looks great. Uh, there's voice acting that wasn't in Super Nintendo version, but was in the PSP version. Uh, they added fishing to this as well, so you can go fish. Uh, and it does help you get different things. <laughs> That's what every JRPG needs. That's a requirement. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the new the thing. We got to add fishing to every uh, RPG um it's uh they have uh the special thing with this it's sort of kind of like in tales you know how tales has those like skits that they do uh this has path actions which is similar yeah. uh except you got to go find the character and then based on how you talk to them it actually does raise up like your friendship level with them and everything so it's sort of like persona in a way you can actually improve the character's like how they interact with you and their relationship. Yeah, they're like relationships. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that that all came from Super Nintendo and yeah. it has continued on here. Um, so, yeah, especially because, um, yeah. you know, Divine Force kind of came out last year and they threw it all into a bunch of blender with a bunch of other games. So I'm glad that uh, they gave Star Ocean this remake a little bit more time to breathe and let people experience it more. And not yeah. shove it in with, with other Square Enix stuff. I mean, that being said, if you do like these games, uh, and it kind of pushed me to to get the first one that got recently remade, I think a year ago or two years ago. And there, if you go on the PlayStation Store, all of the games are on sale right now. And every game, well, except for this one, obviously, but the first one, third and fourth. Uh, and fifth are like on sale for six to eight dollars, and then Divine Force on sale for for um fifty percent off, like thirty. So yeah. if you like these games, you can get them all pretty uh, at a pretty cheap price, and they're all well worth getting. I think except for uh that last one before Divine Force, that one's supposed to be apparently bad. But yeah, I've been enjoying this, and I know I've seen a lot of people already beat the game. I've been enjoying it a lot too. So. We'll see where it sticks up at the end of the year when we're doing our top tens and stuff, but I'm really uh, liking it so far. Cool. So, yeah, uh, that's it pretty much for uh, me playing games here. I did play a little bit more Alan Wake, and that game is still great. Uh, getting to play more of the Alan Wake section is so much like different than playing Saga section and and getting to deal with uh, the shadows more and like that that game seriously has a you think you're good and then all of a sudden one of the shadows is not one like something you can just push away with your flashlight and i had one that just 
okay, he's not going away. He's not going. And all of a sudden, he does this like take down on me, and I'm like, oh, holy shit! I'm like, okay, now I got to actually go try to kill him and stuff. And um, um, it's not just uh, it is a bit more walking simish with Alan than with Saga, but there's there's definitely parts where you're gonna get freaked out. And uh, credit to them for making one of the craziest looking death screens you'll ever see and it's very unnerving even though i you know there was a part where i died like three or four times because it took me a while to get used to like okay i'm gonna have to use one of these flares here because there's too many of these uh shadow enemies and i died three or four times and i saw the death screen i was like holy crap that is a lot to do uh for one death screen there but okay it almost feels like it's worth dying once just to see it if you die as alan yeah it's this is it's it's fantastic. I love the way they told the story in this game, and uh, I'll keep playing it. Hopefully, uh, I will finish it soon. I uh, don't know how far I'm going to get with Mario RPG coming out next week, but we'll see. So, uh, that being said, let's get on to talking about uh, the news here. Uh, the The biggest thing is that there is a Legend of Zelda live-action movie happening. Uh it kind of came out of nowhere, but there'd been rumors about it for a while. Remember that kinda, live action, live action Netflix Zelda? They yeah, had, that you they know, a few years ago that they killed because they it got leaked or whatever. Supposedly, um, the interesting part here is that they are co-producing it with Sony and the Avi Arad Productions. Uh, yeah, if you I look mean, up his history, he doesn't have like it's kind of a you know, bag. mishmash of good and great, good, good and bad movies yeah. that he's produced. Um, the director is coming from the Maze Runner trilogy, so, so people have their reservations about that. Uh, with with Miyamoto being involved and Nintendo having creative control, I'm not worried so much about that. Uh, yeah, like the I, you know, you mentioned the Sony involvement, but it's not, it's no big deal, really, right? You know, because. It's not like Sony Games is, you know, it's not like yeah, Sony is a big company, and <laughs> but interesting that they chose Sony, right? Like just they could have oh, gone with another Japanese company, company at least, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, are you surprised I, that it's live action? Kind of. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think it'll ever actually be made. <laughs> I was like, really? I, you think it's not going to be made after all? Well, okay. Look at like uh, how many other game and you know games to movie announcements that have been made that nothing ever pans out i don't know wasn't that metal gear solid movie great no no no. but I, this is different this is miyamoto himself going saying i'm producing this yeah with, but you could just you know i mean if it doesn't turn out well or you know if it you know they cast like timothy chalamet or his link to be like no no <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the big question is I know people are joking about Tom Holland or Chris, Chris Pratt as link, but it's like, who do you get? Like you have to like really get like an unknown actor for that role, I think. And he has to be kind of, I mean, Tom Holland would have been great five years ago or seven years ago, whatever, but not now. Yeah. Especially uh, now when he's like basically saying he's kind of like burned out right now. <laughs> so that's yeah. probably not a good idea. Um, uh, yeah, and then like also, how young do they want Link to be? Uh, right. Do they have? Is there going to be a plan for like trying to make several movies where they're going to try to get somebody that's rather young who could do Link several times? Um, I think it'd be kind of cool. Zelda. It, yeah. 
I think it'd be cool if uh, they had different Link Legend of Zelda movies, but they're all different. Like, like the game, ha- yeah, yeah. Like, ha- like the first movie you have would be kind of a traditional like Legend of Zelda rescue the princess bullshit, and the next one based it on like, uh, you know, Ocarina of Time or uh, you know, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, they they could even go crazy and do Majora's Masks. Yeah, Legend no, of man. Zelda, right? Do Kane's a high roll, make it a uh, a musical movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I guess they could do that, right? Um, I, I, it's, I'm, uh, I, I kind of was thinking they would do like an animated Legend of Zelda. Yeah, that's, um, that's what you expect. Yeah. I mean, the three, I would say the three best franchises Nintendo has to like do that stuff is Mario, obviously, Zelda. I would say Metroid, but they don't yeah. care about it that much. <laughs> or, you know, I, I would have thought that if they were going to do a live action one, I thought Metroid would have been first. Yeah. I didn't think they would actually do it with, with Link because there's just a lot of, you know, like, are you really going to go the whole movie where Link doesn't talk? Yeah, that'd be great. You know, like, if, if, that, it's, if that's the case, cast Nicolas Cage in that role. <laughs> right? Uh, that, that's the thing, too. Like, you, it, you could probably do it more if we're talking about Link animated, right? You could probably get away with that right. um, because you know what the, the characters look like, the ones from the video game don't have to worry about casting the right person because it's all animated. Just got to make sure you have the right voice actor, whatever for the other characters. Here's a, here's a um, terrible idea. I know you'll groan at for the, for the actor that cast as link hire a, uh, a deaf guy. That's going to be the excuse that he can't. That, that's uh, why because... he can't talk. <laughs> now, now I wonder if, if that's going to like, are they going to explain a reason why Link can't talk or are no, they just going to have him I mean, talk? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It'll but then fine. that's the thing. Like, how, how are we going to be able to go back to the games where Link doesn't talk now? You know? So, uh, that's, I mean, look at like Mario doesn't really talk. I mean, yeah, he like has catchphrases, but it's not like he's like, well, I think Mario's or... different though. Like we don't, Mario just, uh, you know, we've never had, uh, because, like, let's say Mario RPG is a remake, right? They're not going to put voice acting into the game. But you would yeah. think that if you're going to do a new, like, let's say they end up doing a sequel, right? Like, oh, we're not going to ha- ever have Mario voice acting in a video game uh, that yeah. isn't just a platforming one, right? Right. You know? So that's, I think it's a little bit different where, like, now you, it's not animated, so now it's like you're you are expecting a bit of a story here with this movie. Like you, you kind of have to have a story that's not just save the princess. And right. how are you going to develop that? Where is this going to go? Are we going to go more light fair link? Are we going to go more dark fair link? Like, are we going to try to tell some of the crazy lore of Zelda in here, or where are we going to go with this? Is this going to be its own story? So, just, yeah. Just cast uh, Danny DeVito as uh, Tingle. <laughs> right. That's the one. Uh, going to be interesting. They, they already had um, somebody was already sitting there trying to say, uh, or Hunter Schaefer was saying that she wanted to be cast as Zelda already. Um, she's from Euphoria, if you, you don't know who that is. Yeah, there's an actress so, I, I like, uh, Taylor Hickson. I mean, she'd be good like Zelda as well. I yeah. Mean, yeah, find young, attractive, blonde actress and slot her in. Like, in- right. Um, this is 
It'd be an interesting one. Like, there's a lot of time to go on this. He says he has been working on this for a while. So, going to be interesting to see how quickly this comes out. Are we talking about 2025, maybe? Are we talking about earlier than that? You know, um, yeah. Just, I want to see what the release schedule will be for this. And are they going to do, like, with Mario, where they give us the cast and do all that in Nintendo Directs? Like, yeah. yeah, this is this is an interesting one because they got so much money with Mario on the first go. People are going to have high expectations for this. You know, Legend right. of it, you got Tears of the Kingdom selling almost 20 million copies. You know, we know what Breath of the Wild did for the Switch. Like, th- this is uh, one that has to hit, and it's going to be interesting to see where we go with, uh, you know, Miyamoto having to kind of really actually put in a story here. It's not not like Mario where you kind of kind of got to just make up one and you could still base it around kind of the similar concept because it kind of felt like the light fun movie, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like you could do that with Zelda here. So especially because it's a live action, right? So yeah. What will Nintendo do? That will be the the interesting thing. They'll get Zack uh, Snyder to produce it. Oh God. Can you imagine? That'd be super right. dark. <laughs> Might as well, yeah, just do Twilight Princess uh, Zelda then um, if you're going to go by that route. But yes, um, there's still a lot to, to be known about this. I'm sure they will be all throughout next year giving us more information about this. Um, maybe they felt like people were talking too much about Switch 2, so let's have them talk about something else. To get their mind off of uh, Switch Two, they did just have their. Everybody had their, you know, next quarter results. So this is probably kind of a like thing to placate shareholders as well, and and kind of just let them know, hey, it's coming. There's the next movie, so get ready for that. All right. Uh, something that uh, I guess we also didn't expect. Valve kind of just sort of announced it randomly uh and there's already reviews and everything people already have uh review versions and it's coming really fast next next week the steam deck oled right so you know you people want to make the jokes about the switch they're just continuing the name right you got the switch oled now you got the steam deck oled uh any thoughts you know you don't own the steam deck so any thoughts on maybe the steam deck oled now that it's the better version i guess or not really, because yeah, it's just a better screen and a better battery, but it's the same gut, you know, same internals. As I, I mean, I wouldn't get it. I'd probably wait for the next iteration, uh, you know, two or three years down the line. I like people freaking out about this, going like, "Oh, Valve said they would never do this." It's like, yes, they did. Well, it's like it ain't the Steam Deck too, you idiots. It's just a better. I mean, look at like the Switch or the you know the Vita or the PSP. Like it's just a very incremental upgrade that who cares like the only the the, the the biggest beneficial thing to me is the upgraded uh hard drive or the one terabyte ssd like that's cool but that's about it <laughs> yeah um i mean obviously the having and it's a little bit bigger screen and having the OLED where the colors can pop off and everything is is really good yeah. i mean it, it's good to have like a better version of something uh, that people are already kind of, you know, they didn't know which one to get, and it's coming fast, and you can wait. You can wait. 
you know, uh, if you want for the eventual Steam Deck 2 in a couple of years. But I, I do like their strategy of we're not just putting these out to put these out. We're waiting until there's an actual improvement in the specs that we can put into the system before we're going to make another one. We're just making the best version of this that we can possibly make. And yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. Um, it, it seems like a lot more things are streamlined now. So like when the first one came out, there was the issues with, you know, a lot of Steam games didn't work. You had the, the clunky thing of having to install Windows on it. I mean, you still have to do that for many games or whatever, but it's a lot easier process. Many people have been there with it now. So, right. yeah, um, it is. A, if you want to get the one terabyte, it is a hundred dollars more expensive. So it's like six forty nine, and then you can get the five twelve for five forty nine. So you can always get an SSD card as well if you want to just get the cheap version and then get a, a not as the, the some what's it called the storage card whatever. The um, one, yeah. Not that one. Uh, for the Steam Deck, but yeah. Um, well, it, the Steam Deck just uses a micro SD card. Right, the, that's what I was saying. I couldn't think of the name micro SD card for a sec. Okay. But yeah, so you can always add that into there. And I mean, the cool, the, the fact that you can play big games on your Steam Deck uh, is is pretty great. And then it has that extra hour of battery life, which the system so dearly needed because... Um, that's a problem with all of these things is like, basically you got to play it on like lower settings. So the batteries last longer. And, uh, but that's cool that they have this big version of the, of the steam deck now, uh, yeah. there for you to go get. So, you know, we go from good announcements to bad announcements, uh, here. And, and one that was sort of expected because all that's happened to unity after, the John Riccatolo news and then subsequent backing out of a lot of the, that whole, you know, thing that they did of trying to make the game, you know, the game developers pay more. And then John Riccatolo stepped down and yeah, they basically killed trust everywhere. As I think we've said several times, uh, but now they basically pre-announced that there's going to be layoffs because they basically couldn't make this work without basically pissing off everybody else that was still with them. So they're going to have to lay off people. They're going to have to, uh, I guess, get rid of some of the tiers or whatever, even more than they already are. And this is their new interim CEO, of course, James Whitehurst, who was also involved with the rollout of that terrible initiative that they did. Man, I'm worried about is Unity going to keep existing? No. Like, I would say probably one or two years they're going to be gone. And what happens to all those games? Like, I mean, they'll still exist, yeah. but no, you know, no more updates. Or, I mean, or they'll come out, you know, whatever games that are still using Unity will probably come out, but that's it. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, are people going to be willing to move their game over to something else to keep, uh, to keep that game? there and and do being able to do updates and things like that um it'll be interesting to see if like unreal offers some kind of you know unreal is already doing all these uh you know epics doing all these things with unreal to try to get old games on the system are they gonna i wonder if they'll try to do some kind of another program where they go oh you're you're coming over from unity to us we'll give you the whole 100 uh if you you bring your game over 
uh, to the every yeah. game store or whatever to try to uh, get those games to to keep being viable there. Epic should release like a uh, easy to use like converter or you know some type of yeah way way to do that because that that I'd be the best way or best easiest thing. Yeah, it's I mean they possible. they're trying to save face uh, all they can, but what's so sad is that like. Hey, again, very much like when we talked about the Epic and and also Bungie. Hey, you got all those executive packages there. I don't see those getting moved at all, right? But we're going to let go of departments and get rid of tiers and things like that that help out the devs and workers that that help you be able to function more. Yes, do they have a lot of workers compared to studios and things like that? Yeah, they do. Uh, You know, I saw some people commenting, oh, that, oh, they have a bigger workforce than than our studio does or, or that, or, and it's like, okay, it's still people losing jobs. Um, and I get it. Layoffs happen everywhere and all that stuff. And a lot of people kind of come desensitized to this because it feels like every week we're talking about another company having a layoff, uh, or going to be having layoffs or whatever. And this is another one of those. Um, the fact that his summation was that, However, we're currently doing too much. We're not achieving the synergies that exist across our portfolio, and we're not executing to our full potential. So we need to be leaner, more agile, and faster-growing company, as like every single one of these places says that they need to do when they're letting go of people. And yeah. it's uh, just sad. It sucks. Uh, we also had that on the gaming journalism side, too. A um, bunch of people quit uh, The Escapist after one of their main folks, Nick Lander got fired and then he made second, second wind immediately. And then everybody else that was part of that video team quit and joined him over there. So um, that kind of actually wound up working out for them. But then, you know, the escapist lost people, Kotaku lost people. Um, Uppercut announced that basically the, the main person behind that's like going on a sabbatical for a while because she kind of posted that, which I kind of understand, but also everybody has the right to support who they want when it's publicly funded. She was kind of upset that, you know, these smaller sites that have been around a long time don't get any funding, but then you have people like uh, a bunch of former Kotaku writers also started their own site, Aftermath, that right. kind of looks like um, a defector or something like that. And they got a bunch of funding and sort of the second wind people. And she was very upset that, you know, that you got all these other people like into the spine and and them and a few others that don't get funded as much because you know they don't have some big personality over there, uh, even though the, perhaps they're doing better work or, or whatnot. But I understand they're, they've been around a long time, and then to kind of see that happen, it kind of deflates you. You know, um, yeah. it, it's all very deflating as far as that stuff happening, and it, it sucks to see whether it's on the journalism side, the dev side. Uh, the publishing side, whatever, it feels like there's that undercurrent of it doesn't matter how many great game releases we've had, we could talk about at some point, like, does 2023 stack up with all these other great, you know, how how far does it stack up with all these other great years in gaming? And there's that undercurrent of just like, layoffs everywhere. It, it sucks. Um, yep. But we were talking about Epic Games Store. Uh, it's cool that i have you on here because the last time that we talked about something that had to do with epic it was randy and he's you know he's not uh you know as big on this as as you are uh 
you are you're not big on Epic having their own launcher. Don't like it. Right. Uh, they're not profitable after five years. So, yep. what are you gonna say? You're right then. Yes, I already did my dance. <laughs> like, well, it's like, okay, how, yeah. how I would ask Epic or you know whatever guys running Epic, like, how long do you want to keep this going on? Or you know, right. what's is it like? Oh, by year ten we're gonna be profitable. But by year hundred we're gonna be profitable. Like, or at what point you just give you know throw in the towel? Yeah, uh, I do wonder. I mean, it is it is nice that they're offering all these. Obviously, they're trying to get content and they're trying to get games. They're trying to get people to to go to their store. They give these free games away that they're spending millions on. By the way, they're spending millions on exclusive games to get people to buy them on Epic Game Store. And the the thing is that they don't realize that people wait for PlayStation games to go on PC. And people wait for things that are let's say exclusive to console to show up on steam, they're going to wait the same thing from Epic games to steam to have them on steam. So, I mean, the only game I don't foresee ever hitting steam, at least currently is Alan Wake two because Epic published it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like final fantasy seven remake, like that was a year on Epic. And then the second I got the steam was like the number one seller for a while or, you know, for a few days or whatever. So, I mean, how many people, you just mentioned the free game thing. Is it how many people like log into Epic every week, get the free game, and that's it? Like, never even play it. Just add it to their library and go, all right, I'll see you, see you next week. <laughs> Did Control ever come to Steam? No. Uh, I think maybe, it, yeah, it, it is, I think. I mean, check. But, uh, well, that, it probably means that Alan Wake will probably be on there for like two years or something like that. Yeah, Control's on Steam. But I don't think they didn't. Uh, Control wasn't published by Epic. That was 505. Yeah. They uh, just had an exclusivity agreement or whatever. So I, I really foresee Alan Wake 2 never hitting Steam, or maybe it does, like, way down the line. But I'm sure Yeah, way down the line, yeah. Keep, keep it on Epic as much as possible. But it's like, that's a, as you've just pointed out, a smaller marketplace. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what would you say to, okay, we're trying to get market share, right? We're trying to get people to know that we exist and therefore we have to do all these things. Why do you exist? Well, like, I mean, itch.io exists, right? Like they still haven't like made a, well, there's two problems. One, they have still haven't made a great case for why their, their system or their launcher is better. Uh, Cause like they're even five years out of the gate, they still don't have a lot of the features that steam has. Right. And B like, Aside from the profit sharing aspect of Steam, which is in line with every other goddamn storefront, and they just seem to hate it, like, what's bad about Steam? Like, they get to make a case on either end. It's like the only thing they have going for them is the free game stuff. Uh, right. But that's and and, uh, and that they keep doing things to give developers more money back, which is good. But, again, the whole point is a lot of people won't do that because they know Steam is so big. Yeah, it's like that okay, you you might get a you're crucifying yourself to be you're you're hurting yourself financially to be able to get the money that you'll get from making the game on Epic Store, but then it doesn't release on Steam, so you have all these PC players that won't buy it. Yeah, that's exactly my yeah. point. Is yeah, like I li- I like to see like the revenue share of like Final Fantasy VII remake, like when it was on Epic. Like how many people bought it then, or and how much money did it get from uh, Epic? 
to get it on there in the first place for the exclusive exclusivity deal versus right how much revenue did they make from the steam from put it, then putting it on steam because i'm sure the steam one is a bigger number and it's like i mean i i'm sure to square they're like well well huh we got paid but on both ends you know so hey good good on us but a lot of companies don't have that type of cachet or like the type of game so yeah, yeah I, I I just don't like see the point of like I understand the point of the okay you want to do free games okay whatever you want to do uh, giving the game devs bigger revenue share I don't understand the whole like they should have known by now right by now like we shouldn't really be buy trying to buy exclusive games anymore because it's already shown to you that it's it's pointless you're wasting money. Uh, before you you be you're letting people go and and laying off workers. Why don't you look at your internal structure and go, oh, where can we cut? Oh, we can cut by paying out the wazoo for exclusive games because we don't need that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's not going to make people come to our store. What is going to make people come to our store is like you said, the quality of life stuff, right? The biggest complaint I see online every time somebody mentions this is that. The quality of life stuff that is there that obviously Steam has all the years of experience and all that. But it's like it's crazy that Epic hasn't like they do with Fortnite, right? Epic goes and takes stuff to Fortnite. Yeah. They just steal shit left and right. So it's like, okay, so but why not do that for your store? <laughs> right. Like it's it's crazy to me. I I don't I don't get that. It's just why? I mean, this isn't like, uh, you know, Xbox with Game Pass or PlayStation with PlayStation Plus where, okay, we're going to put our game exclusive here, but there's an actual point to it. You're paying a monthly fee to get that game, be able to play it. You could finish it. And then if you want to buy it later, cool. If you don't, you played it. You beat it already. That's yeah. not wor- That's not the same with Epic because you're having to buy the game on that store. And then that might be like one of 20 games that you have on that store. And then you have to remember that you have to launch that game. I mean, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I get it. Like I, I get your point of you want your library all on one thing. Right. Right. And, and, and when, when there's just something so much better on the other side, it's hard for people to want to come over here and, and start doing that here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, we'll have to, I would Imagine with all the things that they got going on to try to get people to to come over there, this will continue. But like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how much how long it's longer does Epic just keep letting this be a lost leader, where you don't really see where they could actually gain traction unless they just do something so completely different than Steam that gets people's attention. And I don't I don't know what that's going to be. Speaking of, we don't know when something's coming out. Mass Effect. The next Mass Effect is apparently not coming till 2029 or later, according to uh, Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb and uh, GameSpot. Um, this is basically based off of the fact that they are still working on Dragon Age Dreadwolf, the Bioware folks, and that still hasn't come out. Uh, we right. still don't know if that's coming out next year either. And if you look at that and then do the math for Mass Effect 5, whatever this is going to be called, that's a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Bioware has not had the greatest track record, especially in the last generation, let's say. Uh, and they're also not exactly a speedy developer. Right, they're not. Uh, yeah, we'll see if it happens. But yeah, like, Dreadwolf doesn't even have, like, a release date yet, let alone... Right. You know, so... 
And Jeff Grubb's probably not wrong that we're looking at probably 2025 for Dreadwolf. Yeah. So Mass Effect could even be longer. We're talking about another console generation at that point. We're talking about a lot of things at that point. Right. Uh, honestly, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm about to turn 37. Uh, you're around the same age. Don't Don't announce a game like five years from now. Cause I don't know what's going to be going on in my life at that point. Like it's like, no, man. they got to do that because yeah. it's like, Hey man, my, my, uh, my fable pre-order still going strong. <laughs> it's, well, they, they, I know it's for investors, right. And for fans of that series, they let them know that that's being made, but it's just like, man, announcing a game that far out. It's like so much stuff could happen. Just. It'd be funny. Yeah. It'd be funny if you like, if they somehow took pre-orders for this at like GameStop, and then by the time this comes out, GameStop doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, wouldn't be surprised. What do I do? See the way GameStop's <laughs> going. Uh, something that also may be an issue uh, is the live service genre, which we've talked about a lot recently because you know Bungie had their layoffs, their issues. PlayStation's been saying that they're going to reverse course now. And PlayStation has kind of confirmed that a little bit by saying that they delayed six of their 12 planned live service titles to March 2026, fiscal year ending March 2026. Um, They wanted all of the games to be out by then. Uh, So now it's only going to be half of them, possibly. Uh, Couple this with the fact that Warner Brothers, who has seen... Wonderful sales for Mortal Kombat 1 and Hogwarts Legacy this year. They just want to make more live service game with all their franchises instead. What is... Okay, Mortal Kombat 1 kind of is a live service game, but no one cares. Uh, what is live service about Hogwarts? And the answer I mean, is, they could just keep making expansions for that game or whatever that's not a live service like you know the live service thing is like always on like it's you know multiplayer focused always online or you know stuff like that uh well i think they do have like a separate quidditch game in development so i don't know if they can make that yeah they are but it's like i doubt it i mean unless it's like shockingly really good and right well you know we'll see and they'll also like you know if you thought FIFA Ultimate Team was bad, imagine Magic Ultimate Team or Quidditch Ultimate Team. <laughs> I got a yeah, four star. I pulled a four-star Harry Potter out of this deck. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ron Weasley came out of the other deck and you know, yeah. How can we uh he's only bronze level? Fuck that. <laughs> uh need to keep keep grinding, keep grinding. Uh, I, I think the whole idea of like live like some games are okay with it, but like you know, the WB guy saying we want every game to be live service or it's like, you guys can't even put out movies, let alone like a live service game. Like you just canceled another finished movie. Like fuck right. you guys. And that movie was actually good, supposedly. Yeah, and and unlike, uh, I know they say Batgirl is a close to finish, but it wasn't. Right. Like, this Acme thing was like finished. Or... And it was written by James Gunn, who's going to be doing all of their DCU stuff. Like, yeah. Why would you do that to him? You know, like just right. Uh. So, you know, I, also WB doesn't have the franchises for that. Like Mortal Kombat is one thing, but like 
you know, what are you going to do? Make a Looney Tunes live service game? Uh, no, they're not because they apparently hate cartoons. That's part of the reason why they, they they've canceled right. almost all their cartoon stuff. They canceled that movie because they probably thought it was going to do nothing. Um, yeah. So like all they have is, uh, you know, kill the justice league. Uh, Which, I mean, if, if you need a better indicator of how live service games are going to go when they put that out and it bombs horribly. Like, yep. Hey, let, let's give them and, the benefit of the doubt that this one year delay is going to help. But like, let's not just hand I, the whole I, thing. I firmly believe that when that uh, Suicide Squad Suicide Squad game comes out, Rock City is done. They're going to like shut that studio down within a month and go like, "Yep, later." You think so? You think they yeah. just won't put them on another Batman or something? Like, because they want to. They want that live service aspect. Right. And yeah. What can you do with that? With with like a Batman game with that, you know? I mean, I think I you can tell like Roxy just want, kept wanting to make Batman or maybe that Superman game or whatever. But no, they got shoehorned into making a live service game that they didn't want to make necessarily, and you know, forcing these single player developers to make these like live service type games isn't good for anyone. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, and. Like, we've already seen this, right? Yes. Do you have big franchises? Sure. Uh, could you technically make, like, you know, another DC... Well, isn't DC Universe still going? So, uh, yeah, still like, around. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what, are you going to, like, kill that and, and make a ver better version of that? And then what are you going to make? A, well, Mortal Kombat, like you said, is kind of already like that. But, like, you know, they, they have franchises, but it's just, like... What are what are you going? How are you going to make this better by just adding content on top of something? And people already have this feeling of there is too much stuff out there. Like Fortnite was able to get a huge amount of people because they went backwards. They went back to the uh, Fortnite OG and and had it's been around long enough that you can have nostalgia for that, yeah. right? Um, whereas you're starting out new. Could you technically announce something and say, okay, we're doing an entire DC universe thing on live service and we're going to like be putting stories for all these characters in there and it's going to be tied to the movies and, and all that stuff that James Gunn's going to do. Sure, you could, but damn, that's a lot of stuff people to be paying attention to constantly. And then also, it's a, it's yeah. a huge investment, like money wise. And they yeah. clearly don't want to spend money. How on much stuff. more money are you really saving by the fact that you're not having to like make this three, four year dev cycle every time for a new game as opposed to just continually making the same game yeah. and adding stuff to it? That's seems like just as big a like instead of okay, got three or four people ramp up, you gotta let some people go, and then you kind of do the same thing again. Now you gotta keep these people there the entire time. It feels like you're almost you're paying more people to be around longer than you are on the other cycle, but they really just want, like they said, they want monetization. They want uh free to play. They want all these big things that are, you know, in the zeitgeist of, Oh, another free to play game. You're definitely going to check that out because it's free. And then you turn out that it's not really that free, but whatever. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and it seems like Sony is learning and then you have a company like Warner Brothers just is like, oh, you know what? Forget it. We're just going to go the other way around. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Speaking of layoffs and stuff, you didn't, I don't think you mentioned this in the doc, but uh, the Embracer thing with Free Radical. Yes. Uh, what yeah. a mess. 
But yeah, that studio was restarted two years ago. The movie, the the game is progressing well. It actually is supposed to be actually a good game. Uh, well, according here's to the thing. I yeah, I'm a few minds. Like it's kind, it's a, on the face of it, it's a shame. But if you look at it from Embracer's point of view, it's like, well, how far along was this game? Was it 95% done or 35% done? And yeah, also, how big of a, how many of these are we going to sell? Right. Because outside of boomers like us, you know, or that people who grew up with like fucking playing Goldeneye, like you think like a 14 year old is going to go time splitter, let's play that. Like, yeah, Epic couldn't even get Unreal Tournament to sell. And that's a that's a franchise with a way bigger cachet than well, and they were already saying that they had to add some kind of Fortnite aspect to Time Splitters to kind of make it even possibly palatable to all the people, right? That, you know, the younger, yeah, just making like a deathmatch game, uh, with time, you know, all the weird Time Splitters weapons. It's like no one cares, so yeah, that wouldn't be fun. It's a shame, you know, on the face, like I said, a shame that people might be getting laid off, you know, when they announced Time Splitters, you know, the internet would explode, but it's like. Yeah, the internet of people aged like us. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe five years younger. But unless you grew up with the PS2, like, forget it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing sometimes. We have to, like, I always like to put in a perspective that when you we talk about the internet blowing up about something, it's really just the gaming circle, you know, gaming media, gaming journalism, and then gaming, yeah. like, Twitter people. And most of the time the outside casual gamer has no or the you know only the people that only play a couple games a year or whatever they don't know or care um until you let them know that there's a mario movie coming out or they see the commercial or they see this for it or whatever you know like that's the thing it's like okay time Splitters was it was a great idea because the original creators were coming back into that studio and everything like it was such a cool thing to see happening and we were happy because it was the good thing about Embracer, right? You're letting these like double A studios happen again and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they have one failed payment and then all of these different studios are having to suffer because of it. Yeah. And it, it, it sucks. It sucks to see because Embracer got too big too fast and now everything is crumbling around them. It feels like, and it's yeah. like, have we even heard of anybody wanting to what's going to happen to Gearbox? Cause supposedly there was people interested, but it's like, We've heard nothing. Yeah. Of, oh, hey, here's here's another suitor for Gearbox. Here's here's somebody else that wants them. Um, you know, it, like I, I don't know. It just I hope we don't hear that the next studio that goes down is is them, and right. then that's it. You know, that's it for them because they're also a publisher, and that that hurts a lot of other games. Yeah, uh, as well. So yeah, BlizzCon happens. Um, kind of pretty much like as soon as we did the podcast, like last time. Uh, so, you know, the big announcements were that World of Warcraft is going to have its own like three series expansion and follow like a big story arc throughout them. And they're all going to come out in sequential years. Um, your words were that's ambitious, but like, what do you think about, it feels like Chris Metzen coming back means that we're, we're trying to, to follow something coherent again? Are you excited? Or? Uh, I mean, Metzen being back is probably a good thing because he was kind of one of the big architects of that franchise. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably get the expansion because I'll probably be the one to review it. No one else cares. Uh, right. I'll be back. I'll be e e eager to play more World of Warcraft. 
uh I don't really know where they go from the story. Like I saw like the trailer and I'm just like or that opening cinematic. I'm like, okay. Like right. Yep. <laughs> I think a three I mean, it, it depends if, if they can really hit their goals or like the stated release schedule, because they aren't great with that, or at least they weren't. Like look at StarCraft two. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll see. No, Do you think I, that I, having this freedom for Microsoft's gonna help them with that? They're gonna be more like an independent studio now, according to Phil and such. They're probably they're probably in a, a lot better uh, financial position at the moment. I know they had some issues with that, uh, so I'm I'm sure that the WoW side is happy, but like the Overwatch side is not. <laughs> right. Um, they did announce a new hero for Overwatch, uh, even though. Again, the, the amount of people that are playing this game is, is not what it once was. Yeah, but then they get canceled the Overwatch League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, but couldn't Microsoft decide to, like, let's turn this around as well and help Overwatch kind of be better? I mean, or you think yeah. they're just going to have them continue course? They could, they could bring it back. But, like, I think the problem with, with, like, Blizzard is they keep, like, they're chasing, at least currently, they were chasing, like, trends. They weren't, like, innovating. Right. I think their last innovative game was Overwatch 1, and they kind of killed it with Overwatch 2. Because the things they were supposed to bring to Overwatch 2, they didn't. And That's you know, what I'm Hearthstone... hoping with them being under Microsoft, is that they'll let them do things that they wouldn't be able to do under Activision because Activision is too worried about, we got to have this box to sell. we got to have this next thing to make people keep spending. I mean, obviously Microsoft wants to make money. Uh, no duh about that, but it's like Microsoft is also willing for them to have something special. Right, and not just try to rush out the next thing, uh, like right. what we saw with you know Modern Warfare Three. <laughs> uh, I mean, Cataclysm is coming back to wh- that. This is when I said it doesn't feel like we're getting this is WoW classic anymore. Like, I, I think I yeah. said this like once we get to like Cataclysm, it feels like we're just yeah because Cataclysm is going back WoW now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really don't know how they do that. Like, if it's all if it's like because I haven't played it since they started introducing that stuff. But if it's like I, I just want to play WoW original. Can I do that? Or I want to play WoW uh, Burning Crusade. Or if it's they're just kind of keeping it up, like, you know, you have to play the latest latest one, Cataclysm, or that's it. I think like a- not. I think it, it is kind of like tailored that you do it at whatever pace it is, because at some point they're going to get to, okay, after Cataclysm, isn't it the, the Panda one or yeah, whatever? Panda, like, yeah. it's, then, so yeah. you're really getting into... Okay, this is just now. So what's special about it? It feels like they're just adding those things to give you the next thing to play in the WoW Classic world. Yeah. And you can do that uh, at your own pace. Yeah. The one great thing about WoW Classic is WoW Classic Hardcore. Because that's a mode where, like, if you die, you die. You can't resurrect. Right. And I love watching... Okay. I love watching Asthma Gold on YouTube making fun of these people like dying for dumbass reasons, or <laughs> they're like modern players and they don't know how to play old WoW with some of its like weird yeah. idiosyncrasies and stuff. So, yeah, it just like laughs at people constantly. <laughs> well, there's a uh, the new expansion for Hearthstone coming out and like this week. So yeah, and and they're gonna have catch up a catch-up as well for people that haven't played in a while. So decent. And there's that Warcraft rumble game that also came out. So yeah, they came out and people aren't happy. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I mean, at least things are progressing. From, uh, Diablo 2's got the, the first DLC got announced or whatever. So, or Diablo, Diablo 4, 4, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Diablo 2. Like. <laughs> Diablo 4 Season 2 and then also the DLC. So, yeah, that, that's that's all good. That's good that uh, Blizzard's got its stuff going. It felt like there was a lot more hype and excitement around BlizzCon this year. Obviously, it has to do a little bit with the, the Microsoft purchase and wanting to see if they make any announcements. But that'll probably yeah. come more next year as far as like any kind of retro stuff, if they are going to bring that to Game Pass or whatever they're going to do there. Yep. But, um, yeah, so I have to start working in like 15 minutes, so I'm going to have to go. cut it yep. uh, there. Um, so as far as like stuff that that is coming out in this uh, next week. Obviously, I already mentioned that um, Mario RPG, the remake, is coming uh, Friday. So when we do the show next week, I'll be talking about Mario RPG. Uh, hopefully, you as well. Uh, we'll be I, to... I probably won't get it for a while. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other games. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fine. Um, I'm surprised you didn't get the Telus Principle 2 with as much as I might eventually. or I mean, we'll see. So, I mean, that's, like, the big game. Uh, also, one that I'm probably going to get, like, after, probably, like, around the Christmas time is that Tales of Arise Beyond Dawn expansion right. DLC thing. I'll yeah. get that around then, like, once I progress more on Mario RPG and stuff. Because after Mario RPG and also Persona 5 Tactica also comes out yep. that same day. That's on Game Pass. You can check that out there. After those two, you kind of have a lull in releases until we get to next year. So um yeah. that's kind of I mean, like we're getting into the time of uh hey game of the year and all that stuff uh in fact monday they have the announcement for the game awards uh awards uh and yeah. who's going to be game of the year nominated and all that stuff so yeah uh get ready get ready for that uh also uh the dreads expansion the pale reach comes out uh next week on thursday i still need to play dredge uh, a lot of uh, great things that everybody keeps saying about that. Nickelodeon also overall too is getting a lot of good reviews. Uh, perhaps one of the best, like you know, Super Smash Brothers type games that are out there. Um, they've been doing really good with like releasing trailers for the characters and everything like that. So I'm kind of <laughs> sort of interested, but you know, I won't get it. But at least you know, it's yeah. there if if you want to play it. Of course, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. Uh, maybe don't. Go buy that. <laughs> the right. campaign's apparently her- terrible, but if you like to play the multiplayer, I know you already got it circled. And that Ark Survival Ascended, the the remaster or whatever, is also coming on the 14th. So, like I said, this is kind of like, and also that Assassin's Creed Nexus VR game apparently. Can't wait this week. Yeah. So, uh, there's there's uh this is kind of like the last, like I said, the last big week of releases. And yep, then we've got not, some some smaller stuff, and that's it, you know. I'm not, I was just playing catch up. <laughs> yeah, um, thankfully they gave us a lot more. Uh, a lot of times there's some big game that comes out in December, and you're like, "Dang it," <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, really need some time to be able to catch up on the rest of the year, especially this year where it's been nuts. But yeah, that being said, again, hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you do, uh, make sure you go subscribe at W10 Network on YouTube or Twitch or. Uh, listen on podcasts, and anytime we do a show, it'll be there. Of course, you get our other stuff that's on W10 Network on the YouTube channel. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Later. See you later.